0: Well, amen, church. How are we doing this morning? Oh, it is so good to be in God's house, amen? Well, my name is Pastor Zach. I have the honor and privilege of bringing the word this morning. Is anyone excited to jump into God's word? But before we do that, uh, I think we need to give some honor where honor is due. Uh, We would not be here without Pastor J.P. and Rachel I would not be here without Pastor JP and Rachel. I know that for sure. And so can we give, give it up for our pastors and all that they do? They are amazing. Come on, you can do better than that. Yes. They are incredible. You have no idea what they do. They are working day in and day out to see the kingdom of God come into this city. It is incredible. And so I'm honored and so blessed to be a part of that. So thank you. Can we give it up for the King of Kings in this place? So you gave them a good round of applause. Come on, for Jesus. Because without him, none of us would be here. Amen? Well, we have come to the final week of our series, Building the Core. Is anyone, just, have they been blessed by what God has been speaking to them? I know how I have. It has been unbelievable. God is just challenging and changing hearts in this church, and we pray that it goes into this city. And the final week, it, it, I think it's appropriate because I truly believe that if we don't have this heart set, it's impossible for the other seven of our, our core values to come out. Because if we don't have hands open wide, if we aren't going into our, our workplaces, into our homes, into, into this city with our arms crossed, it doesn't work. It's, it's impossible. And so I believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. Uh, Pastor JP shared at the very beginning about what the, the word core means, and it has a couple different meanings. In the Latin, it means heart, and, and it's amazing. And it, in the Hebrew, it means to fill a vessel. So we get to fill our hearts with these core values of prayer and and loving people and serving and going out and honoring and being excellent in all that we do. And it's been amazing. And Pastor JP brought a powerful word last week. It was so good that the, the flash drive got corrupted. And so we can't even listen to it again. And so you know what? The enemy is gonna do whatever he can to thwart what God is doing in this city. But Pastor JP already told me, He's going to bring it again. He's going to bring that word. So don't worry. Don't be alarmed. We will have it again soon. But we are, we are going to jump right in. I believe God wants to speak to us. And I just want to give you a little disclaimer. Uh, if you came here for a feel-good message to get all fluffed up and feel good about yourself, this is probably not the one. <laughs> probably not. Because I believe God wants to challenge us. He's been challenging me this week through this passage. And I pray that he does the same for you this morning. And so we have the incredible opportunity to be the love of Jesus, the light of Jesus, the hope of Jesus in this world. And the only way to do that is with hands open wide. And like I said, we can't do that with our arms crossed. And so Jesus, as usual, he speaks directly to this because he gave us everything that we could possibly need when he was on this earth, he spoke life, he spoke truth, and he gave us these challenges to be able to be more like him. And so we're gonna be in the book of Luke. Does anybody love the book of Luke? It is amazing, it is probably my favorite gospel, but they're all my favorite, so it's fine. We're gonna be in Luke 10. Luke 10. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up there. If not, you can look on your smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, get a smartphone. It's the 21st century. And it will also be up on our big screens to my left and to my right. We are going to be in the New Living Translation. And so Jesus, is he's chilling with his disciples. He's chilling. He's having a good time. He's hanging out. And a man comes up to him. He comes up to him, and and he starts talking to him. And it's not just any man. It's an expert in religious law. And I'm sure that this was probably the favorite conversation Jesus ever had because they would come to try to prove Jesus wrong when Jesus actually wrote the law, so it doesn't even matter. And so he comes up to him, and he's talking about the greatest commandment. And instead of answering the question, because Jesus is a boss, he answers the question with a question, and he's amazing. And so he, he asks him, well, what does the law say? And the man says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he's like, you are correct. Good job. But the guy, he, he gets a little irritated. He's like, no, no, no. I came over here to, to mess you up, so I'm not done with you yet. Wrong. That was dumb. Come on. Can't do that. It's Jesus. And so he goes, well, who is my neighbor? So Jesus, he goes, he goes in and it's awesome. So we're going to pick up in verse 30 and it says, Jesus replied with a story. Ah, oh, so good. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Jesus, this is your word. These are your words, God. Would you pour out your spirit this morning? Empty me of anything that I want to say, God. Let your spirit go forth. Speak truth and life in this place. Would you challenge us? Would you equip us to be your hands, God, to go out into this city, into this world, and love people the way that you love us? God, have your way this morning. We honor you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can you look at your neighbor and say, hands open wide? Yes. So I was I was sitting and I was preparing and I was thinking about like a funny story to, to grab your attention. And then I kind of realized I would be trying to upstage the greatest teacher and storyteller in the history of mankind. And so I figured... Let's just, let's just look through this story. Is that okay with you? Is that okay that I don't tell a, a funny story? Good, because it's not happening. So first things first. This story, it had some weight to it because it could have been true. Now, it's a parable, and it says that it's a parable. So it's a made-up story. But what a parable was, it was a story that had a, a certain theme or a truth from the Bible related to it. So it was it was pretty impactful regardless of if it happened or not. But the, the details that Jesus gives us shows that this is very, very possible that this happened. And so Jesus, he's talking about this road from Jericho to Jerusalem or vice versa. It doesn't matter which direction There were bandits that were always on this road. This was a very predominant thing that took place during the time of Jesus, where people would hide out and they would just look for people to basically take all of their stuff and leave them for dead. So when the people were listening to this story, they could have been like, oh my gosh, I saw that guy last week on the road, because it was so evident and so constant during this time. And so the man, he's there, he's hanging out, he's he's walking along, he's just doing his own thing, he gets beaten up, he's left for dead, all of his belongings are stolen, including his clothes, and a priest walks by, walks by, He's, he's doing his thing. Now, let's remember, this guy was not walking by himself. He had an entire, basically an army with him. So he had all kinds of people with him. He was being surrounded because he had to be kept safe on this street, right? Because he was important. And so he's walking along and he sees the man over there on the side of the road basically fighting for his life. And he doesn't even acknowledge him. Instead, he gets farther over to the other side to avoid him at all costs. And what's crazy to me Not that he does that, because I get it. He's a priest. He's got all sorts of things that he has to do that is required of him. He had all of these people, and yet he couldn't even tell one of them to go see if he was okay. That is unbelievable to me that he said, oh, no, we have to keep going. We have to keep moving. And that breaks my heart. See, his laws that he lived by were so much more important to him than saving a person's life. So much more important that he avoided him at all costs. Being clean, according to his law, was more significant than being a helping hand, to lending his time to this person who was hurting. And so I call this person, I call this the covered Christian. The covered Christian. And Now trust me, I've been here. I'm this person a lot. It's, it's the person who, who kind of shuts off all the bad, shuts off all the, the negative, and only focuses on the good stuff, only listens to the positive things. How, how often do we do this in our world today? When, when something comes on the news that we don't like, oh, that, that doesn't make me feel very good. I'm, in, I'm click, turn it off. Or, or when someone uh, close to us has something going on in their life and it's it's difficult. It's hard to hear, and so we, uh, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't help you. I got. I got to go do this. We make excuses, right? Because uh, I'm uncomfortable. That that uh, I can't. I can't be a part of that. Or or maybe in our own life, when something that, that not it's not going our way, so then we 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 kind of just shut it off. We we bury it, and we, we just focus on the good things that are happening. See this. This isn't an easy thing to hear, but it's something that we have to go at head on and realize we are called to so much more. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So that means being uncomfortable. That means stepping in, lending a helping hand, being there for people, even when we don't want to, even when it makes us uncomfortable, because It's in those situations that people experience the love of Jesus. We are more than innocent bystanders. We are the light of the world. And we are called to shine Jesus through our actions. That's who we are. That's what we were created to be. And now the second person, he walks by, he's a a temple assistant. And now these guys... Their job was basically to shut their mouth and clean up. That's what they did. They were silent, and then they cleaned up after the priests. They cleaned up after all of the offerings. They they were basically the janitors. And so he walks by, but he doesn't avoid him. He, you know, he, what's going on over here? Oh, oh, that's not good. So he was used to seeing some pretty, gross things, some pretty dirty things because of the offerings and, and the things that he saw in the temple. But as soon as he saw one of his own, uh, I got it. Nope. I, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't help out with that because I know that the people who I serve wouldn't do that either. So he followed in the priest's footsteps. And he looked, but he didn't touch. And he kept going. He kept moving on. And I feel like for me, that's me. That's, that's who I am. See, I'm, I'm the one who is called the curious Christian. I'm the curious Christian because I like, I like to be nosy. I like to know what's going on, right? I got, I got to know the details, but as soon as, as I see it, as soon as I get up close to it and I realize what's happening, ugh, that is, nope, I don't want to be a part of that, so peace. See you later, right? Because we don't when I get directly involved, we just want to know all the details without having any of the the burden of what is happening. And so, yeah, we we might occasionally sit and we might listen to someone who who has something going on in their life. But as soon as it gets a little too tough, ah, I'm sorry, I gotta go. Right? I'm sorry, I, I gotta go. I I can't help you anymore. We might we you know might give some good advice here and there. But as soon as We are called to action. We step away. We step away. See, as followers of Christ, we are more than people hungry for details. We are God's chosen to look for and to love the least of these. That's who we are. We're called to love those people who are hurting, who are broken. And how do we do that in our actions? By stepping out. By being the hands and feet of Jesus. Now the third person, he's my favorite. Not because he, not because he saves them, you know, this guy. Not because he, he goes above and beyond. But because he's a Samaritan. See, during this time, Jesus, like I said, he's a boss. And so he intentionally makes the hero of this story the most hated people in the Jewish time. During this time, Samaritans were hated by Jews because they were considered half-breeds. They were half-Jew, half-whatever. And so they were never given full respect. Anything Jewish practice-related, they were completely set out from it. They were not allowed to be a part of it. And so Jesus tells this story, and he says, it was a Samaritan who comes and lends a hand. And so he not only bandages up his wounds, but he, he takes out the expensive wine and oil from his cart. He cleans him up. He takes him into town. He pays for a room and then goes above that and pays for whatever else this man is going to need later. And then he says, my favorite part, I'll be back. When I get back, if I need to pay more, I will. That's powerful. And I believe that 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 will speak to us here shortly. But this man, I I call him the selfless servant. You thought I was going to go another CC, didn't you? No, no. The selfless servant. He does what is necessary to be a neighbor to this random person because he sees past his culture. He sees past his skin color. He sees past his religion his whatever, and he says, I'm going to love this person. He needs my help because he sees the heart of a person that is hurting. Because when we are followers of Jesus, the only thing that we should see is a person's heart. Now hear this. If we are going to have hands open wide for all people, we have to have the conviction that there are no Prerequisites for helping those in need. Simple as that. End of story. There are there's not a checklist that we have to have, oh, they're going through this, 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 and this, and this. Oh, yeah, I can help them. No, no, no. As a person who needs help, we are called to help them. We are called to love them. We are called to serve them. And that is the only requirement that we have. We don't have to look at them and say, Ah, uh, you don't fit the, the description that I'm looking for. No, that's not how that works. Because we are called to be Jesus to everyone that we come in contact with. Jesus knew that this man did not understand the concept of what it meant to be a neighbor. So he, he painted this picture that was so radical, so unrealistic to him... That every other person listening, their concept of love was changed forever. In the world that we live in today, it has to be a constant burden to love people, to serve people. It has to be something that we take into our our respective lives every single day and say, all right, God, who can I love today? Who can I serve today today? Where can I go to shine your light, to be your truth, to share your love with the people around us? Because quite frankly, if we are not doing that, we're missing the mark of what it means to be like Jesus. Simple as that. We're missing the mark. And, and that's not what we want to do. That's not who we are called to be as followers of Jesus. And so we're going to have three, three points this morning. And we're gonna go back into worship because I believe that when we hear a message like this, we have to confirm it in our spirit by singing out, by lifting our voice. But the first point is this hands open wide is a heart posture. It's a heart posture. See, the first two people that walked by, they'd given their mind and their life to their work, to their religion. But like so many of the people who questioned Jesus while he was on this earth, they never gave their heart. They never gave everything that they had. Because as soon as a need arose for someone else, if it wasn't in their best interest, ah, I can't help you. Can't do it. I got to go do this. I, I have something. I gotta, uh, you're not important enough. That's what they were saying. You're not important enough. Because they had an agenda to keep. Because that was the way that their religion worked. They had too many things that they had to keep track of, and they were missing what Jesus came here to be. Having hands open wide, it begins and ends with the posture of our heart. That's where it is. See, we can talk the talk all we want. We can think that we're going to do something, but if it is not ingrained in our heart and our soul, then we're not going to be able to give all that we think we can because it has to come from within. When we go out and and we're not in it with our heart, there's going to be a limit to what God can do through us. Simple as that. Because if we have any walls up in our hearts, then God is going to be, I wish that God would just break down those walls without us asking. But then free will would be gone, right? So we, we have to give it up. We have to surrender those walls and say, God, break the walls inside of my heart so that I can be completely surrendered, so I can have hands open wide for all people, everyone that I come in contact with. So are you giving everything or are you just giving some? And, and I love this, this symbol of hands open wide because it's not just a sign of surrender, right? When we, when hands open wide, we, we surrender, but it's a sign of everything. Everything. Because when we are giving everything, th- there's so much room for us to take shots. We can't be guarded. We can't just hide behind something because we're completely in. We're all in. And I, I love this picture of uh, whether a, a mom or a dad hasn't seen their kids in a while, or, or maybe a friend has been gone for a while, what's the re- reaction when you miss someone? Yeah! Hey! Right? I missed you so much! ah! And then it's a big hug, right? You embrace, and it's great, and it's amazing. Imagine if we had the same mindset and heart set with all people, that we didn't make it super weird with a stranger and like, hey, no, but in our heart, we say, I'm here, my arms might not be outstretched to you right now, but I promise my heart is completely open to hear what you have to say, to be here for you, to love you, to care for you, to serve you, that is who I want to be to you. Man, I just I couldn't even imagine what it would be like if that was every single person in this room, in this city. Could you imagine the encounters that we had? The life change that began to take place? Because Jesus would be evident in all that we say and do. In everything. The second thing is this. Hands open wide requires sacrifice. And I got to be honest with you. Can I be real? Is that okay? See, it's really easy to sacrifice stuff. It's really easy to give our money. It's really easy to, you know, donate some stuff that we don't use. That's easy. And don't get me wrong. That's amazing. And we are called to do that. Just like Pastor JP talked about, we are called to test God because he is always going to come through and exceed our expectations. But this sacrifice is not something that we can take out of our pocket. It's not. It's something that we have to get from deep inside and give as an offering to God. It's, it's taking the time and making the time to love people to serve people, to talk with people, to get to know people. And you know what, we have, we have the perfect opportunity to do this. Little plug, right? In two weeks, September 2nd, we get to go to Inglewood and we get to love them. I challenge you, and this is a hard challenge. This isn't like a, you should go, it'll be great. No, I challenge you. Set aside time for this. I've already requested off from work, and if they schedule me, I'm not going in because I am going to be the light of Jesus in that neighborhood because they need to feel who Jesus is. They need to encounter him. There's so much darkness and hatred and division all over this city, but especially in that neighborhood. And we have an opportunity, a privilege to go and love them and serve them See, we have a goal to, to provide 55 kids with stuff. But you know what? Even if we don't hit that goal, which I believe that we will, even if we don't, but we have so many volunteers that every single kid and family gets the, the attention that they deserve during that day, worth it. Worth it. Because, yeah, a pencil, it might last a few weeks, right? Right? It, it might last a little while, but experiencing the love of Jesus through another person forever, forever. And so that is what we get to do. It means putting our agenda to the side. Maybe taking a, a break from the work stuff and just loving people. It's, it could be as simple as sending a text message. My, my O group, we, we met this past Wednesday, and we, we were just talking about how we can honor people. And, and one of the guys talked about, what if you just sent a text with an encouraging word to a friend? Man, who knows what that friend is going through at that current moment? You have no idea the impact that a simple encouraging word could do in a person's life. Imagine if we had that mindset, not once a week, but every single day. When we woke up and said, who can I encourage today? Who can I just say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. If you you need anything, I'm here. When we put ourselves out there, instead of waiting for people to come to us, but we go out. We take action. And we say, I'm going to sacrifice a little of my time. I'm going to spend a little less time working on this and I'm going to just love on someone. I'm going to take an hour out of my day, and I'm going to go meet with someone and speak life into them, encourage them, challenge them, share what's going on in my life so that they can be encouraged, so that they can know that they aren't alone on this earth. They're, they're not alone with the struggles and the trials that they're going through. Man, I can't even tell you what a difference it makes for someone when they realize that they aren't alone. That's who we are called to be, a community. The church of Jesus Christ is not a bunch of individuals. It's a culture. It's a heart. It's a body, one body. And so it's not just about going and helping someone until they get through the situation and then backing off. It's about creating a relationship. It's about loving them. It's about being there for them after so that there's something to hold on to. There's something to take with you. And then, when you have a conversation with that person later, it you are able to say, how are you? How have you been? Because, quite frankly, if someone who has not talked to me in months just texts me and says, how have you been? Why didn't you ask me that a month and a half ago? Like... Are you just trying to catch up, like, or, or do you care about me? We don't want to be people who just catch up, right? We want to be people who care, who are there, who are present in people's lives. Amen? And the final thing is this. Jesus sacrificed everything with his hands open wide for us. We need to do the same for him. We need to do the same for him Jesus paints this picture for this man and he gives a a small very small foreshadowing of what the cross would be because Jesus is the Samaritan because he could he was cast out he wasn't accepted he was someone who was looked at as an outcast nobody wanted him that's why they put him on a cross But that was the entire reason that he came to this earth. And I don't believe that it was an accident that Jesus was crucified. He could have been hanged. He could have been beheaded. He could have been brutally beaten or stoned until he was dead. But he was crucified with hands open wide. Because when he took that cross, it was for everyone, it was all inclusive. He said, it doesn't matter what skin color you have. It doesn't matter what religion you come from. It doesn't matter what your family says. I love you. And I'm, t- I'm taking this on for you. For you. And so we get to experience the amazing grace of Jesus Christ through the cross. And the best part of it all, is he didn't just stop on that cross, but he went to the tomb, he rose again, and he's coming back again. Just like the Samaritan was going to come back and take care of that person. He's coming back again. And so once we get to encounter that, once we take that into our hearts and our lives are changed forever, we get to be the Samaritan. We get to go into our city, into our schools, into our homes, and love people, and serve people, and care for them, and show them that they are loved, that they are important, that they matter. Jesus is coming back. But quite frankly, we got some work to do, right? We got some work to do. See, Jesus wants to use Oasis Church. Jesus wants to use every church in this city that's preaching his name. But you know what? Maybe we should take a stand. Maybe we should take the initiative and say, you know what? We are not going to wait around for some big church. No, we are going to go out with hands open wide because Jesus is enough. Because there are too many people who are hurting, who are broken, who are divided, who don't want anything around them. And the only thing that will be enough is Jesus. Come on, church. We got to be able to stand up and say, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are everything to me. And I'm going to give my all in complete surrender because you did it for me. And so come on, stand to your feet. Let's sing it out because we are going to give everything that we have. Because he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. There's no one like him. And he can change an an experience, a culture, a city in an instant.